Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome into a brand new episode of Blue Jays Nation Radio, episode 59 with Tyler Uremchuk and Cam Lewis. Another off-season check-in as we are very sporadically doing throughout uh, throughout the winter months here. Coomzy, how's it going? It's pretty much at this point just random when we do this. It'll yep. be like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat and be like, podcast. And then shoot you a message and be like, do you want to do one next week? And you'll be like, Wednesday at 4. Be like, Okay. And then we won't talk about it at all. And then we'll just come on and completely wing it. Which is exactly what we're going to do. Um, let's start with a little <laughs> bit of let's start with a little bit of lockout talk, Coomzy. Um, or should we talk about the signing the Jays made? Huh? Oh yeah. Let's 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 talk about the one tangible piece of news that we have to carry us through 30 minutes. Um, can you give me a breakdown? Can you give me a scouting report? Uh, the Blue Jays signed a left-handed utility guy. Mm-hmm. Out of he he was drafted by the New York Yankees back in 2000, I think 13 or 12, and mm-hmm. put up pretty good numbers for the San Diego Padres last year uh, in AAA. So <laughs> we have somebody who can come to spring training and compete for a spot off of the Blue Jays bench. So that's that's kind of where we're at. Oh well, you know, not uh, not the worst thing in the world. My favorite part about this were uh, were the tweets he was sending out. Where uh, it, it, Gasuke Katoa, am I saying that right? I couldn't tell you. Oh, you couldn't tell me. I, okay. I can't. I can't find a phonetic spelling of his name on. It doesn't happen on Baseball Reference. Well, my apologies. Kato. Kato, I think is how you say the last name. Um, but he sent out some really funny stuff about uh, like him with his face photoshopped on Muninori Kawasaki. And that's his profile picture now on Twitter is his face photoshopped on Muninori Kawasaki. And he photoshopped his face on the uh, famous Kawasaki clip of him yelling into Rosh Madani's mic that he's Japanese. Um, He also answered some uh, frequently asked questions for Blue Jays fans over on his Twitter. Do you hit lefty or righty? Lefty, what position do you play? Answer, yes. And how many bananas do you eat in a day? And he said two because a monkey never cramps, which again, a nice little nod to Munenori Kawasaki. So um, maybe not a guy who factors into your major league plans next season, whenever that happens, but uh, he's funny on Twitter. So that counts for some. Yeah. It's like the perfect kind of thing to add right now when there's nothing to talk about. The Blue Jays have gone out and signed a minor leaguer. Also, we should add the teams are allowed to sign minor leaguers because minor league players are not locked out right now. So anybody could feasibly sign a minor league deal. If Carlos Correa wanted to sign a minor league deal with somebody, he could do that. 
it's just major league players that are locked out. So we could see a bunch of minor league signings. We probably won't, but the Blue Jays went ahead and added this guy who has, he slashed pretty good numbers last year in AAA for El Paso, uh, San Diego's AAA team, which involved an 862 OPS from the left side of the plate, which is nice. And he's money online. There ain't much going on right now. So the Blue Jays could use a left-handed bat who can post funny things that we can talk about. Not And we talk, touched on the minor league thing in our last episode with Eric Sabrowski, who is a Canadian minor league pitcher now in the Cleveland organization. So if you missed that episode, go back and give it a listen. Uh, not a lot of good stuff happening around Major League Baseball right now, Coombsy. And this is usually when we would take a look back at what's been going on for our friends at Twig and Berries. Use that promo code NATION15, get you 15% off. You know, maybe you want to jump ahead on the spring wardrobe a little bit and freshen things up do it at twig and berries, but nothing good happening because I mean, every baseball story is negative right now. And Jeff Passan's article starts with a, uh, a quote from a longtime baseball man who very calmly said into his phone earlier this week, what the fuck are we doing to Jeff Passan? That really sums up things nicely. Doesn't it? Yeah, and then the other thing there is that Rob Longley reported, um, this is Wednesday, 40 days until pitchers and catchers are supposed to report and all seems quiet on the MLB lockout front. And he is hearing Blue Jays players are being told not to rush to arrange accommodations uh, in Florida for February for spring training. So that report, you know, pretty obvious based on everything we've heard or, well, haven't heard in regards to the Major League Baseball lockout. There just really hasn't been an update. They... You know, the doors slammed shut at the beginning of December. We had that fun little flurry of activity. It was kind of like the NHL's free agent frenzy for a moment there in baseball, which was cool. But then the two sides met for about 12 seconds, packed it up, and they haven't spoken since. And it doesn't seem like there's much of an end in sight. It really looks like they're going to allow, they're going to let this thing roll into spring training. It's it's just mind blowing from both sides in this regard because and and Passin pointed to this in his article. To be fair, he said the union believes it's the league's turn to make an offer, and according to a source, MLB is working on proposals to bring to the table. Five days into the new year, there still isn't a bargaining session on the calendar, though. Um, like just letting this thing go into <laughs> spring training isn't going to make it better, right? Like I don't understand, and we've seen this in other sports at times as well, when they've gone through these labor disputes, like why not just get going now? Like you both kind of know what you want. I would hope that after, you know, a month or so you have a general idea of what maybe you, what you may be willing to trade off or concede on. Why not just sit down and start talking at least? Like, I just, I don't understand how waiting does anyone any good. And uh, passing was on the Pat McAfee show today as well. And, and I thought this was a really jarring clip. He said, quote, if both sides don't get their act together, the sport of baseball is going to suffer for the things that they're doing. And I think that's a bang on job. Like it's easy to point fingers at just the owner's side here. And, and I'm definitely not on their side at all. I'm, I'm certainly pro players. Like I think a lot of fans are right now. And we've talked about this on podcast past, but both sides, like if you're the union sitting there going, it's the owner's side to put forth a proposal. I mean, just sitting there and waiting isn't probably doing a whole heck of a lot of good is, is the general point of my rant here. No, totally. I think you're, you're, you're very much so right because we've been talking about this impending um, 
negotiation, this collective bargaining agreement for years. This first came up in 2015 when Chris Bryant was kept down for the first three weeks of the season because the Cubs wanted to get an extra free agency control year. This, this, this has been going on for so long. I mean, this, it, it really found its, um, it really came into the forefront, I think, during the, the few months after uh, spring training got shut down in 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic when MLB was making proposals to salvage the 2020 season and they were coming up with insane ideas for how the players were going to get paid or how many games were going to be played or blah, blah, blah. And every single one was nickel and diming. And then the entire narrative the whole time, what they were floating into the media was that all oh, the players are greedy X, Y, and Z, you know, that's pretty much what this whole thing is going to be. But we've, we've known for really for years, what the key point is for the players. We've known that they want fix this service time manipulation and players want to go to free agency sooner. I mean, it's not like this is a random thing that came out of the blue late in 2021. No, this has been going on forever. And it seems at this point now that it's very clear the owners are just going to sit here and wait it out, wait for the players to come and give some proposal. Cry foul when it's, oh, the guys want to reach free agency so quickly. The guys, you know, they want to kill small market teams. Like the players hate the Kansas City Royals and the Baltimore Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays and the Pittsburgh Pirates. They want to ruin them. They all, they want to, every single player in Major League Baseball is a spoiled brat who wants to play for the New York Yankees one season into their career. Like that's what the narrative's going to be. And that's what they're sitting back and waiting for. And it's annoying to watch it play out, but that's the reason we're not having any discussions or negotiations right now is because what the owners want, I think is to just wait for spring training games to be canceled, to make the players look bad. And, and perhaps make the players sweat a little, because I think at that yeah. point, when you get to, yeah. the, when you get to spring training and games are being canceled, you would get maybe a lot of bubble major leaguers and guys towards the end of their yeah. careers sitting there going, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. I, I did my thing. I came up through the minors. I made it through my service time. And now I have to lose out on one of my high earning years because a bunch of other guys aren't going to do that. I, I really do think I agree. That very well could be the strategy. And as I say it out loud, it's pretty easy to see how waiting until closer to spring training from the owner's perspective could very well cause a divide in the PA. Also, another thing to consider here is who has more to lose? I mean, again, like... For us, the, the money that the players make is inconceivable. It's, mm -hmm. you know, insane money that we'll never see in our lives. But I mean, to them, from a labor perspective, they're still getting a microscopic um, piece of the pie when it comes to how much revenue Major League Baseball generates. And who would have an easier time surviving lost games, right? Like who, who has an easier time not getting paid? Obviously, it's a more difficult thing for the players because let's be serious here. Like it, it doesn't take much paying attention to know that the billionaire class has done very well during the pandemic. I mean, the, like just, um, I mean, think about yep. Rogers, for example, like, do you think Rogers telecommunications is at a hard time during the pandemic when people are locked in, in their homes using the internet 24 hours a day? No, of course they haven't. They've, you know, it's, it's, you see it all over the news everywhere, every day that they've done extremely well. Like, that's it. Like they can afford to have baseball games not happen. They could afford in 2020 as well for them not to happen. And it's the players who, again, are going to be put in the situation where they have to ask themselves, okay, like how, how hard can we play this? Are we actually going to play full on hard ball? And to be totally honest with you, I, I, I do think we're going to lose games this year. I think the owners are fully prepared for it because I don't think they want to concede the amount of free, um, control years they have over players. 
they like nobody wants to nobody wants to lose a guy one or two years sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blue Jays, for example, they don't want to all of a sudden come into uh, the second half of this offseason with a new CBA and find out that Teoscar Hernandez is a free agent at the end of next season. Yeah. You know, nobody wants that. None of the owners do, and they are, I think, more well-equipped to play hardball than the players are. Just referencing back to Jeff Passan's article, uh, he, he says your ESPN asked more than a dozen major league sources what they believe a path to a deal looks like. The group was made up. It was a mixture of one owner, two league officials, two GMs, an assistant GM, four players, one union official, and two agents. And there were seven points that he made that was sort of, I don't want to call it a consensus, but what that group thought a path to a deal looked like. Number one was raising the minimum salary to $650,000, which is a 14% bump. Um, That would not even bring it in line still with other league minimums. It's underneath the NHL, I think. Oh, yeah, it's underneath the NHL by $100,000. And I don't know, like NBA, it's that's definitely below the league minimum in the NBA, I'd believe. And I would assume the NFL as well, considering the Giants. based on positions, I think. I'm not familiar with their salary structure. Yeah, NFL is the one sport I'm not super familiar with uh, either. But NFL league minimum... Yeah, it, it's it's around there, but still. So it would bring baseball potentially up to where NFL is. Uh, number two was add a performance bonus pool for pre-arbitration players. Number three was implement the universal designated hitter. Um, number four, expand the postseason from 10 to 14 teams. Number five, remove indirect draft pick compensation for free agents. Number six, make significant changes to the draft to de-incentivize tanking and reward small markets. I want to get back to that one, but the seventh one was raise the CBT threshold into the 230 million plus range and remove other restraints, including non-monetary and recidivism penalties. Wow. I was not prepared to read that word. And that's the first time in my life I've ever read that word. Um, (laughs) We we don't know how to read. (laughs) I'm not, I'm going to pretend I didn't even attempt to read whatever that word is. I don't even know what it means. I'm going to look up the definition. This is, this is, this is, this is the promo for the podcast. This you tried to read, you tried to read that word. I have no idea what, what recidivism, recidivism. R E C I D I V I S M. I'm recidivism. I, recidivism. A tendency of a convicted criminal to reoffend. What? <laughs> what? What, what? What's the context here? What are you writing about here, passing? Um, weird, weird stuff. Weird stuff. Anyways, that seventh one, we're going to pretend that last like 30 seconds of the podcast just didn't happen. Um, but the sixth one, make significant changes to the draft to de-incentivize tanking and reward small markets. Okay. No. That is a loaded one, in my opinion. So you want to de-incentivize tanking, but reward small markets. How, how can you say you're going to quote reward small markets? Like how, how do you work that in? Where's the line on what a small or major market or medium market is? Um, that sixth one is the one that really jumped off the page to me and really made me think like, what could that, that, that could mean a hundred different things, but Coombsy out of that list, I rattled off what stands out to you. This is the same thing for me. I mean, that's that's really puzzling and hard to wrap my head around. I mean, like you said, how does one determine what a small market is? I mean, are the Blue Jays a small market because they make money in the Canadian dollar? Are they a small market because they're based in Toronto? 
um, which, you know, it, it's a big city and or, or do we consider the entire market Canada? Like, our, it, it doesn't make any sense. And I mean, again, this is another one of those same things, which is the more you give teams like that, especially when it's so vague as to what a small market actually is, the more you give teams like that, the agency to not go out and spend money on guys in free agency, then that's mm -hmm. the more you're feeding into this overarching problem that we have, which is that again, players don't feel like they can reach free agency quick enough. They don't feel like they're compensated until their prime years are maybe finished. And then, uh, kind of doubling down on that, they also feel like there aren't enough teams that are really bidding on guys. I mean, this off season, I think we saw a lot more teams in the mix, but remember, remember it was the, um, it was the off season after the, the shortened season pre 2021, when the Jays signed George Springer, it was the blue Jays and the Mets were the only team involved in every single free agent. It was the Dodgers and the Yankees, obviously in the mix, cause they always are. And then we had, you know, the Red Sox weren't spending, um, the angels weren't really spending teams like that. So it was again, blue Jays, Mets, blue Jays, Mets, blue Jays, Mets. And there was <laughs> four teams in the mix for every single free agent. And that's what we're trying to avoid. So if the shitty small market bullshit teams are just getting free draft picks for the fuck of it, because they don't want to spend money, then <laughs> again, why are you going to, why are you going to sign guys? There's, there's no motivation. And that's, that's, that's another thing that the, that major league baseball has to fix is they have to make this league more competitive. They have to make it so that more than, seven teams are actively trying to win the world series. So expanding the postseason from 10 to 14 teams, does that make the league? And I, this is going to sound weird, but let me explain. Does that make the league more or less competitive? Cause if you expand the postseason, in theory, there could be more teams in the off season that sit there and go, we don't have to be in the top 10, just the top 14. You know, our average roster might be good enough. Maybe we don't need to go spend $20 million on another starting pitcher because all of a sudden it takes six or seven less wins to get into the dance. And, and once we're in, who knows what's going to happen because we have a couple of good arms. We don't need to spend that extra money on a third good arm. We don't have to go beef up our outfield with another power hitting corner outfielder because now there's more teams getting into the playoffs. And in, in this, in this scenario, it would be, you know, four more average teams that are in, in getting into the playoffs at the end of the day. So the increase from 10 to 14 teams, I think on the surface, you'd sit there and go, well, that's good. More teams get in the playoffs. More teams are going to want to spend money because there's a greater chance to get in the playoffs. But you might also sit there and go, well, no, you're actually just going to let in four worse teams. And maybe it'll just create this weird, mushy middle, kind of like what we do see in the NHL. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the same thing for me is um, I I've always thought, I mean, to circle back, there's no doubt that this would be a huge game changer in solving the problem of tanking. Like, look at the NHL. Half the teams in the league make the playoffs. Um, there aren't that many teams tanking. Like, right now, it's Arizona's actively trying to be bad. Buffalo is trying to be bad. Uh, but, I mean, the other team in it. the basement, yeah, like Ottawa, Montreal, I don't think they were really trying to be bad this year. There's only a handful of teams who aren't trying. And that's nice. But the other thing there is that how often does the best team actually win? And I think MLB's playoffs have been for a long time, the best playoffs of the four major sports, because it really is truly the best of the best. And we saw this year, a pretty bad team won the world series. Like you're not going to convince me the Atlanta Braves are better than the blue Jays were. They won 88 games in a terrible division. They weren't very good. And you allow more teams like that to get in, then you're going to have more world series winners who just happen to get hot at the right time or happen to not be injured. Like, let's be real here. The, 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 the the Braves were not better than the LA Dodgers. The Dodgers couldn't win that series because Clayton Kershaw was injured. Max Scherzer ran out of gas. Max Muncy, Max Muncy was injured and the Braves were just healthy. 
Braves were healthier. And yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I, I mean, it, it sounds kind of dumb for me as a Blue Jays fan to complain about bigger playoffs because we're trapped in the American League East. But geez, I don't know if MLB's big picture strategy is bogging down the one thing they do very well, which is the postseason. I think there's 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 some ways they could go about adding more teams. And the one thing that I've always really liked is some kind of wild card weekend tournament thing where maybe uh, there's say there's uh, like four teams move on to the divisional round or three teams move on to the divisional round and then four teams duke it out on a weekend to try and be the extra team. Like one picks uh, the top wildcard team picks who they play and then the other two teams play each other and then they meet up in a different city and play the winner the next night and then blah, blah, blah. The next team moves on. Like that'd be fun, right? Like that adds your 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 four days of TV or whatever before the actual playoffs start, but fuck me, like doing it NHL or NBA style and just having the Yankees or Dodgers play the eighth place team in the American League or the National League, like who would that even have been this year? Like for the for the American League, like the Angels? No, we don't. Yeah, want and and part of I I agree. Like part of the reason why I think those 2015 2016 runs for the Blue Jays were so much fun. Um, like it's hard to get in the playoffs in baseball. We didn't get it for a really long time being Blue Jays fans. And when you finally get in, it's like, man, it is a grand spectacle. I'm, I'm with you. You don't want to water it down too much, but going to 14, like if the system was similar to, let's say the NFL, right? Top team in each league gets a buy and then two plays, what would be, you know, seven in that conference three. And then you, you go onwards from there. I don't think it's the worst thing, but I do wonder a little bit what it would do for spending is the de-incentivizing of tanking. But if it's paired up again, like, like on Passon's list, if it's paired up with no more draft pick compensation, then maybe this is something and maybe this is something the owners would indeed want is it might, it might lead to bad teams wanting to keep onto their guys more, right? Yeah, I think, um, I think another thing actually worth considering, and this isn't going to get talked about very much, but... Um, there's one thing that always comes up and this is kind of the more anti-player thing. It's the more, you know, we don't want guys hitting free agency right away. We want to create this meritocracy of the mm-hmm. league. We want to make sure that all 30 teams have a chance. We want to make sure that, you know, the, 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 everything is equal, but also, I mean, can you really force that? Do you really need there to be 30 teams in this? Like the teams that have no aspiration or desire to win or any ability to spend with the other teams to be competitive, do they fulfill a function in the league? I mean, really? Like, do we need the Pittsburgh Pirates? <laughs> do we need the Tampa Bay Rays? The wow. Athletics? Do they have to exist? Like if, if, if the argument over and over again is, well, no, we need to have all these rules and all these things that make it so that we can have this guy for 11 years and so that we can draft 17 times and that blah, blah, blah. Like what's the point? I see what you're getting at. Um, but that's like, you're never going to get less teams. No. If anything, we're heading towards getting more teams, but that goes back. Like that's a whole nother can of worms. We'd have to sit here and talk about with why are there people owning baseball teams who aren't interested in owning baseball teams? It seems right. Like yeah. why are you doing this? If you're not going to spend money on players and try to put a winning team on yeah. the field for the city, you own a team in, right? That's, 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 that's more what I'm getting at more mm-hmm. so than, you know, let's act seven teams from the league. Obviously that, that was a more, that was a, that was a crude way of putting it. But <laughs> I mean, I think that I, I just think the general, the general essence here is that there needs to, there needs to be less socialism yeah. for the billionaires in the league. And they need to, if they want to win, they have to just pony up and do what it takes to win. Make it more like European soccer, I think. 
where there's a better way. there's an active incentive to not suck. Yeah. And the problem, actually, yeah, but that's a problem in every North American league, right? Is uh-huh. that there's an incentive to suck. And it's that you could get a franchise changing player at the top of the draft. And, you know, it, in football, in football, it's not like, yes, teams tank. But again, there's not like eight teams a year that tank or six teams a year that tank and they don't have a draft lottery at all. But then you go to the some of the sports that do a very intense draft lottery like hockey and you still get teams that tank. Like I just it's an unfortunate part of sports in North America when you have a draft being set up the way it is. And that's never going to change. Like leagues are never going to abolish the draft or anything like that and go to like a European soccer style of doing things. But if there was if there was a league where the European soccer relegation method made the most sense, I think it's baseball. I think you could have Major League Baseball, the top level, be 16 teams. Uh, AAA would then be the next 16 teams. And I think you have to then, you'd have to do something different with your farm systems and maybe have more prospects just developing at your alternate training site or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then it, 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 I think it just kind of works because baseball is so prevalent just around North America. There's so many teams and there's so many markets and there's so many you can sustain a baseball team. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying anymore. Like I've, <laughs> I've, I've thought about this many times and I've just, I've always liked the idea of baseball. It'll just never relegation. happen though. It'll never happen. Yeah. I've, I've, I've thought many times about the idea of baseball having relegation and I've always quite liked it. I just can't really put into words why I think it makes sense. It just does. Yeah, and and I, I don't love it. I, I think, you know, that's just the way North American sports is. There's the continuity continuity of every year. It's the same teams going at it. I just, I don't want to see a relegation system or anything like that. I just wish every team would be a little bit more interested at times in being competitive immediately. You're telling um, me you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't enjoy watching the Orioles get sent down to AAA. Fuck. What was that article that I saw tweeted on my timeline? Where it was like the most exciting addition for every team and someone put Orioles <laughs> with Ned Odor. <laughs> Minor league contract. Like, what's <laughs> the point? What are we doing? Why, why do you exist? Like punish them for being like this. Yeah. <laughs> like you read that and you're like, Hey, they could probably get relegated and just go win and yes, AAA. They don't need to be relegate here. them. And it's not even, I'm not even saying like send them down to um, affiliated AAA ball, have two different levels. Up and down, the yep. higher one has the better TV deal. Figure out a way to to get yourself up. You know, it's it's interesting. I don't know. All right, uh, let's wrap up the CBA talk here and talk about something that's maybe a little bit more fun. Uh, but first, a little bit of love to our friends at the Sports Closet. Whenever baseball returns, or even right now, if you want to get ahead of it, uh, they got your Blue Jays jerseys, they got MLB apparel, they got a ton of hats as well, and you can order from them online, sportscloset.ca. Uh, you know, new year, new us, Coombsy. Uh, first podcast of 2022 for BJN Radio. So why not take a look back at uh, the year that was in the last 12 months around Toronto. It was, I think up and down is a pretty apt way to describe what Blue Jays fans went through in the calendar year of 2022. I think the off season that we got was obviously super exciting with the George Springer signing and all of that. Um, But what else you got for sort of the big exciting moments of the year? 2021 was certainly a roller coaster. If I had to pick my best moments, I think high up on the list would be that signing of George Springer when 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 Brendan broke it <laughs> just said breaking the blue days of signed George yeah. Springer. It was much akin to 2015 when there was the Rosenthal bomb breaking too low to the Blue Jays. <laughs> like it was it was a similar kind of essence, but it was hilarious that Brendan was the one to have it. And then there was just that 
it was that kind of divide is this guy legit who the fuck is this guy <laughs> so that was that was a really funny like a uh, really funny sequence beyond just the jays signing it it was funny to see him get that moment in the sun that was great and then the other one of course was when they finally came back to toronto at the end of july um that game only had fifteen thousand fans but it was just just an amazing vibe you know you had um you, they did they did the tribute for uh the fans or the tributes for the essential workers um those who died during the pandemic this and that it was an unbelievably well done job by the blue jays and again even though there was only fifteen thousand people there it felt completely packed charlie montoya was tearing up on the field it was a very emotional night and then they went ahead and won the game and it looked like oh wow this is going to be the beginning of a very good run into the playoffs but you know as we know they came up short which is where most of our bad moments are going to come from but that that was definitely having that that night back back in late july was was the pinnacle of the year for me for the blue jays and just sports in general really and the catch by Santiago Aspinall to win that game and the yeah. return to Toronto as well was unreal. Yeah, and you're right. Like it started that run. And that was the big positive for me is it felt really, really good. And again, in the shortened season, yes, they made the playoffs, but it didn't feel it the same. Fun. It was not even close to the same fun. for that whole run though. In the end of the season, it, it reignited like my real love and passion for the Jays and for the sport, because you weren't just sitting down every day or six days out of the week to watch the Jays. You were absolutely dialed into the blue Jays game. It wasn't like just sitting there and yeah, okay. You watch the first three innings. You're on your laptop, you're on your phone, whatever. For me, it was like, I sat down and just stared at the damn screen for nine innings and like hung on every pitch because the games were so important and the team was playing so well and they were so much fun to watch and every at bat with the lineup as deep as it was, they could do something special and they were never out of a game either. Like the comeback against Oakland, that was just fucking bananas. The game against Boston where Springer hits it out to tie it up. Those two comebacks stand out, but that entire run through the last sort of whatever, six to eight weeks of the season, getting Barrios at the deadline as well. All of that, like from them returning to Toronto on did so much to reignite my love of the team and the sport. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It was like you said, 2020 wasn't quite the same. It was, it was fun to pay attention to the blue Jays in that COVID summer because it gave us something to pay attention to in a goofy little sprint of a season where anything could happen. And it was, you know, it was fun watching the young guys do well and finish 31 and 29 or whatever and mm-hmm. sneak their way. in. it was like, this is a nice experience for you guys. No one has any expectations. But 2021 really, again, felt like 2015. Like I, maybe there's a recency bias here, but I think the 2021 team was even more fun than the 2015 team. There was something, there was something that existed with the 2015, the 2015 team at the back of my mind where you kind of felt anxious about it because it was like, oh, geez, like they're either doing it now or they're never doing it. And there was every loss felt like the end of the world. Whereas now it's like, all right, this is just them getting started. Like, I, I don't know if that's actually the case. Maybe the 2021 Blue Jays are the best Blue Jays we'll see in this decade. Who knows? But there was there was more of um, a, a big picture open excitement with this. It felt like the beginning of something. It felt like the beginning of a new era. It was very exciting. It just, I think it brought back to life. Yeah, like you said, just the passion for Blue the Blue Jays in Toronto and in Canada in general. Like we were getting amazingly high TV numbers yeah. for these games down the stretch. Like everybody was watching it. It was the same thing in the in the streets of Toronto. Like every bar had it on. People wearing jerseys. Everybody was buying hats and shirts and this and that. And it was pandemonium. And it's, it really is a damn shame they didn't get in because it felt like they were the team of destiny. Yeah, it, it did. And like, man, that just 
they were rolling at such a good time and they were so close, right? It's not like it was Blue Jays fans sitting there and like holding on to this unrealistic idea that they could sneak in. Like they legitimately missed it by a fucking game. Like that sucks. Yeah, they were, and they were good. Like, and it's important to remember what the the context of everything is too. I mean, they didn't play a home game for the first half of the year. They, uh, it wasn't so much the case in Buffalo. That's a bit more home for them because they were there the previous year, but those games in Dunedin were not home games, (laughs) especially when they're playing the Yankees or the Sox. It was all the Yankees and Red Sox. Those were not home games at all. And they were living out of suitcases for months and they still were in the mix when they got back. And then they went nuclear, but unfortunately got kind of cold at the end. It was that series against Minnesota that, Kind of unwinded things. Yeah. And then it was not being able to come through against the Yankees there towards the end, the very end of September. And that was that. But again, it was a great run. It was a good time. time. And uh, hopefully we get more of that this year and not some goofy shortened season. That's not the result of the pandemic, but the result of the lockout. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get to avoid that. And we get to find out if uh, next year's team would have been as good and as electric as the year before, because I really do think they can be. And obviously we're not turning this into a season preview or anything, but you know, there's still the articles popping up about, you know, prospect stuff and all that. And someone at Nate Pearson as their breakout, one of their breakout candidates for next season. And it's like, man, this is, it's in the doom and gloom of a CBA negotiation. It's easy to just sit there and feel like mad and upset whenever you think about baseball, but it's also just flash up the roster once in a while and look at what this yeah. team could be next year. Cause they have the potential to be a damn good ball club and they have the potential to win the AL East. Yeah. Just rattling some stuff off. I mean, like George Springer was fantastic last year when he was healthy, but he only played what 70, 80 games. Maybe you get a full season of George Springer. That'd be sick. Um, Nate Pearson, people have him on their breakout list. Maybe they use him as a half reliever, half starter arm. He pitches a hundred innings and he kills it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Aureldis Martinez comes up and he's, you know, the rookie of the year. Maybe, um, maybe it's Gabe Moreno. Maybe it's like, who knows really? Like they have a full season of Jose Barrios. Maybe Alec Manoa takes another step forward. Maybe they actually have a fucking bullpen this time around. Maybe they go and make another big free agent addition. Um, after the uh, after the lockout's over, I mean, there's guys on the market. They have to replace Marcus Semien. Maybe the Rogers throws some more cash around. They sign another big name. Who knows? Like, there's a gazillion different reasons to be excited. And I mean, the whole thing is let's get this fucking lockout over with so we can get this started because uh, there's a tremendous amount of reason for optimism. It would be a damn shame if we missed any games of what should be a very, very, very fun season of baseball for the Blue Jays. Hundred um, percent. I think it's a good spot to end it too. We found a way to end it with uh, some sure. positivity, and uh, we all learned the word recidivism. That's that's not a word. You made it up. <laughs> we that's had some. We had some moments over this last half an hour. Oh, we're rusty. Wow. Yeah, we're we, rusty. We new New Year's same old us. We still we still fucking suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> And as the, and as the lockout eventually comes to an end and the Blue Jays start to make some noise, uh, maybe off the field before on the field with some roster moves, we'll be here stumbling and bumbling the whole way. Right, Cam? Sure. Yeah. As soon as anything happens, you can expect mm-hmm. us to come and try our best to explain it in an incoherent way. Like me <laughs> trying to explain why relegation would work in baseball. That was really good. Yeah. Recidivism. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for another episode of BGN Radio. Shout out to our presenting sponsor, DoorDash. Ding dong. Order DoorDash tonight. And uh, the sports closet and twigandberries.ca promo code nation 15. Uh, this has been episode 59 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Coombsy, we'll chat again soon. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.